Take my text from Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, starting verse 1. Thessalonians 2, chapter 2. That we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. We're thankful for these testimonies that we've heard here this evening. There's nothing really hardly more powerful than a personal testimony. And when the Lord saves us, it's really God's will that we stay saved. It really is. God doesn't mean for us to lose what he's given us so freely. It costs him his life for us to have it. But the devil, I will say that he's pretty pretty powerful, that he's very, very deceitful. And sometimes it just surprises me that he is so deceitful and it seems just so easy sometimes for people to believe what he says. So some of the, and I would say this Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, these two books were part of our daily devotional, you might remember, in May. And as I read this, I thought, well, this is, this fits our day pretty good. We live in a day that there's a, a lot of unrest. There's a lot of deception, people trying to deceive one another, causing people to, they'd like for them to believe a lie when it'd be easier to tell the truth. But that's, that's the way our world is. And sometimes I wonder, who is it that we can believe? And we know that we can believe Jesus. We know we can believe the Lord. He, he never, he never, he never tells a lie. And he's always on our side. I think of that scripture in Romans, if God be for us, who can be against us? And sometimes it's easy for us to get our focus off of the Lord because of problems in the world. But there's not a one of us here that can solve those problems. God's the only one that can solve the problems that's going on here. But we have people that are against law. 
And I tell my wife sometimes, I said, these people don't really know what it is that they want. But God knows what's coming about in our time. So as we walk with the Lord, try to focus upon him, God will help us every step of the way. And so we can't believe everything that we hear. We can't even believe everything that we see. But God knows what it is that we need most, and it's him that we need most in this life. And these Thessalonians here, this church was had not been established all that long, but they had had some problems with people that were trying to deceive them into thinking that the Lord had already come. And so there was very unrest moments, I'm sure, and days in their lives. And so Paul thought he would write a letter to them to try to encourage them in the way. He didn't want them to lose out. And as we've heard, Paul, when when the Lord saved Paul, he really caught a vision. He really do did. And it's so important that we we catch one too. That 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 we there's nothing there's nothing in the world that compares to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's really not. There's no one that can help us in the world like the Lord can help us. And, and really, we need help every day. I get up in the morning and I like to pray, have my time of meditation, read, read the word of the Lord. You know, we need, we need that more than we realize that we need it. But in these days, we really need it because we're at the brink of right at the edge of the coming of the Lord. And, and one of my former pastors said, you know, it's going to mean everything to make it. It is. It's, I, I don't believe I can say that in such a way that it will cause us to, to that it will be so important. But it is. It's the most important thing in life that we make heaven our home. So I think this letter that he wrote to the Thessalonians, we start with verse, we look over to chapter 1. In the second verse, it says, Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And you know the devil, when he sees this happening, he's going to cause trouble. He really will. He'll cause you to have trials, persecution, any way that he can bring trouble t- to your life. He, will, he wants to stop you. He wants to stop each one of us where we're at. He doesn't want us to proceed any further with God. But Paul wanted to encourage these people. He said, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. I like that. Charity aboundeth. 
We, we, the love of God just covers so many things. You forget about all your problems. The love of God that comes into our heart. And he says, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in your persecution and tri- tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. After you've suffered a little while, and we will, we'll suffer, we serve the Lord, but we don't like to count it as suffering. We like to count it that it's all joy in serving God. But I thought it was kind of unique here that Paul would say that because of their persecution, uh, because of their tribulations, he says that you may be counted worthy of this. So when we go through those trials, when we are persecuted for what we believe, it's, it's good. Can we think of it as that, as good? And it is. It says that all things work together for good. I didn't hear any amens hardly at all. There's glory in serving the Lord. There really is. There's something, the joy of the Lord that comes down into our hearts. It gives us, it gives us something to move forward. It gives us a hope that is far beyond this world. And sometimes as I look around, I think, God help us. We, we need, we need the joy of the Lord that flows out of our heart and gives us really something worth living for. And it is. It's, it's really something worth living for. So as you, as you are tried, you're tempted, maybe even, even deceived, God will help you because he's on our side. God does not want us to fail. He wants us to move forward. He wants us to grow in him and be more like him. To let our light, I heard people say, to let our light shine. In this darkening world. But one of these days, as, as, as Paul here says, let no man deceive you. And there are lots of people out there that believe different than we do. There's a lot of people that believe the way we do. We don't have an edge on it. But the edge that we do have we want to we want to hold on to it because God is helping us every step of the way and so he says let no man deceive you you know some people might think they can go to heaven without being saved but I'd say that it doesn't I don't see that in the bible any place I don't it doesn't say that it says that we got we must be born again to make heaven our home so the day of the Lord is coming. We see this falling away. It's no surprise. It's not surprising, but we can see when when people fall away from the Lord, they, they don't want to go to church anymore. They don't want to be a part of that. But it's the best thing to be a part of. I come here on, on Tuesday night, Friday night, 
on the weekends and I can find the Lord. He's here and he wants to bless in a mighty way. So, but the day is coming and Paul says, except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And, and that's going to happen too. It really is. These things are going to happen. But Paul said, remember not, remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And I, I underlined down in verse 10, you know, it's one of the most important things that we love the truth. It really is. He says, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might not be saved. We must love the truth of God, the truth of God's word. And I'm glad that we have, we have teachers, we have ministers, we have people that teach the word of God as it is. And you know, just one more point before I close here. When my wife and I got saved in 1974, we came to this church. We didn't come here, but we came to the little church in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And I had looked before I got saved. I'd looked for something that would satisfy my heart, and I couldn't find it. I looked. But when I came, and of course, I didn't want to get saved until I was old. I don't know how old that is. But anyway, I was, I was still a young man, I thought. But the Lord saved me. And on that day, everything changed. It made a difference in my life. And I have never ever wanted to go someplace else and see what they had to offer as far as the gospel is concerned. I found exactly what I was looking for and talk about being content and satisfied. I can say, I found it. I really found it. And I don't, I don't want anything else. It's, it's going to be worth it all. I, I find the joy that the Lord gives, it's the most wonderful thing in all the world. And the peace that he gives me when the storms come, peace, that's unbelievable. So why, why would I go and look someplace else for something that I don't know what they have really have to offer, but I know what the apostolic faith church has to offer. They have joy like a river. They have the mud. We find it here in the Lord. God meets every need and talk about contentment. I love it. I really do. God has given me all that I really, all that I really hope for, all that I even long for. And so as we come to the Lord, we're going to sing 610. The altar of prayer is open.